Pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. It's now time to catch up with my latest canine behaviour slot on Magic Talk FM with Roman Travers on the Sunday Cafe. Well, I tell you what now, the only thing I can find to link dogs to statues is of course Hunterville, which has the most beautiful dog statue. Have you seen that dog statue, Darren Rowe? I haven't, no, I've never been to Hunterville. Oh, you've got to go there. It's got a Hunterway in the middle of town, big, beautiful statue. Hopefully no one complains. Hopefully that stays. It makes sense. There was actually a statue in the, um, you know, a little tea place in just outside Cambridge. They've got um, a very famous dog. I forget his name now. The, the guy that um, came and started all the tea, he had a, a, a great dog there. Oh. And that's quite a popular one. Yeah, so there, there are a few statues out there. Well, there is. There's another one on <coughs> Wellington's waterfront for Paddy the Wanderer, Wellington's famous oh, wow. dog from years ago. It's a very sad story, really. He was loved by everyone. No one owned him. He was fed. He went on ships with people. He came back. And look, let's wow. get back on. This is, by the by Darren Rowe. Darren Rowe is live in the studio in Hamilton, which is missing a statue, and Darren is from Mindfulness for Dogs. Now, you were speaking about how dogs can recognise each other based on colour schemes. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so, so quite often I get people that um, phone me up and they've got a dog that's quite reactive or a dog that's been attacked. And the first question I ask is, what's the colour? Which it seems to be a very strange question to ask, really, I'd imagine. But mm. When you've got a dog that is, a, I call it a block colour, so either um, completely black or completely white, completely brown, that kind of colour, they, they can tend to be attacked more often. Mm. And that does sound really strange, doesn't it? But what's happening is, if you think about your average sort of um, Jack Russell or Border Terrier, or, uh, not Border Terrier, sorry, Border Collie or something like that, mm. they've got like a stripe, haven't they? And mm. they've got definition down the, the bridge of the nose. And when they're angry or they're sad or they're about to attack you, they scrunch their nose up. And, and it's very clear their emotional state, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, but if you've got just a block colour there, it's really hard to, to recognise whether you're angry, sad, going to attack me, going to kill me. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of dogs, if they, if, like uh, the typical ones, the black Labrador, because um, they actually get attacked an awful lot, black Labradors, they're, they're so sociable and so friendly, they come bounding up to the next dog. And that dog, if that dog's in a really good place and really balanced and they might recognize that they're just a small you know black puppy that wants to be sociable sort of thing but if they're not and they're quite anxious themselves mm. they might not be able to read that expression and then they think well do you know what i'm not sure so i'm gonna i'm gonna get you first yeah i know that dogs <coughs> as you, you've alluded to dogs are experts at reading each other's body language how mm. good are we generally at recognizing that that dog does not want you to pet it <laughs> you can tell by the uh, the stats of dog bites that we're mm. not really very good at that, can't you, really, I guess. Mm. Um, I think it's because we just don't watch. dogs. A dog will never just bite, or very rarely do I see a case where a dog just bites somebody for no reason at all. There's a whole um, run-up of behaviours and sort of licking and movement of heads and all those kind of things that, that we actually do when we talk to people um, ourselves, but we're just not consciously aware of them. Mm. Whereas with another animal or another species, we have to be consciously aware of those behaviours. You can just do a, um, a search on Google for canine um, calming signals. That's normally the way you can find it. There's a whole load of them. Yeah, okay. Is it yeah. good for us to em emulate good body language? If you see a dog going nuts, your instinct is to run away screaming, but what should you be doing? <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously, if a, if a dog is going to attack you, there's always a preservation thing there, isn't there? But mm. the, the general rule of thumb is that you just stand very still. And, and I always sort of imagine my, uh, bring my attention down to my feet because that's making me very grounded and very sort of 
calm and, and still. Mm. Um, the more noise you make, the more excited the dog's going to get. Um, and if you're screaming and shouting at a dog, then it's a direct challenge to that dog, isn't it? And if he's if he's not in a good place and he's going to attack anyway, then that's probably going to be um, an indicator he's going to attack you even more. Certainly, if you've got a screamy dog and they're growling at you, then you don't want to give them eye contact because mm. um, as a canine behaviorist, I, I probably will do because I can dif- diffuse the behavior. But as a normal person, you're probably going to make it 10 times worse because you don't know what you're really saying. All right. Okay. A bit yeah. later on in this half hour, Carly Flynn will join us. She's got a brand new puppy. She'll have some questions. Wow. And John Budge, my executive producer, his family has has a brand new dog as well. I feel completely left out here. Um. I can give you a dog. Oh, can you? You can, you can borrow a dog. You can borrow a dog. I don't know if, I don't know if they're fit in your flat. No, that's no, quite big. That is the problem. The body corp. <laughs> they, they, they complain about all sorts of things. Noisy butterflies. I couldn't have a, I couldn't have a dog. So tell me about... Um, Tell me about, I've got greater concerns with small dogs who yap, 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 and the owners are going, oh, stop it, Bertie. You're so, I mean, why is it that people seem to have less control over little dogs? It's strange, isn't it? Because I always recommend, if you're getting a first dog, to get a bigger dog. Because bigger dogs, um, well, they're, they're, they're there, you know, yeah. and you can see them all the time, and you're very aware of their behaviours. Whereas little dogs, their behaviours tend to get worse, and we don't even notice it. The classic example is you've got a dog, especially the little tiny, um, the tiny crosses or the, the, the Maltese, all those kind of dogs that are, are guarding dogs, um, mm. lap dogs, mm. that they bark a lot. And, and what you get is you get a dog that barks and barks and barks at you. And, and one of the things you should never, ever do under any circumstances whatsoever is get like a rattle can, you know, like a can filled with stones and things mm. or a spray bottle and spray them. Oh. Because as soon as you do that, you put the dog into a fear state. And then what you're doing is you're destroying your relationship with the dog there when you do that, aren't you? Oh. So what you do is you totally ignore the barking. And then the second they're quiet, you give them a treat and say, oh, good dog. And they get used to... Um, knowing what you want as opposed to what you don't want. You, you don't want to put your puppy into a fear state all their life, do you? Oh. That's not a good thing to do. Yeah. Oh dear, that's a shame because in the news break, John was talking to me about a certain person who ha- has a brand new puppy, not Carly or him, oh. but they <coughs> use a water gun when the dog barks. Oh. And it has yeah. worked, but it's not a good oh. idea. Well, if you think about it, all those kind of, and again, I've talked about this uh, countless times, all these negative punishments, they work. I'm not saying they don't work, mm. but it's that, you know, what, what are you doing to your puppy? What are you doing to your dog? You bring in a puppy into your life, it's lovely, you know, cute little thing, and then you're scaring it. Why yeah. do you want to do that? Don't yeah, do it. Okay. All right. There's other ways, much better ways. Well, one of the things that seems to make everybody happy is taking your puppy to a dog park or to a puppy preschool. <coughs> Everybody's happy. They're running around and so are the dogs, <laughs> sniffing each other's yeah. bums. You know, it's yep, all good fun. Right. How important is that? Right. So first of all, when you've got a puppy, dog, um, dog parks are no-no. You don't take them to dog parks until they've had their full injections. And then I would be really weary. Um, it's a bit like throwing a two-year-old into a, uh, a school of 18-year-olds. Right. right. They're just going to learn inappropriate behavior, not necessarily bad behavior, but inappropriate behavior. They're going to be too hard on each other. Also, your your little puppy is going to be hurt by the bigger dogs because they're going to play rough with the dogs. Right. Mm. So always make sure that you're um, socializing your dogs with with puppies at the beginning until they until they know the rules and they're not going to get themselves hurt. But then saying that when you're doing the puppy socialization classes, uh, it's not just a free for all. There's got to be some sort of ground rules there. and, And a good puppy preschool will let the puppies play, then stop them, then let them play again and stop them, just to stop that escalation of stupidity, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because then puppies start biting and, and you get bad behaviour then, don't you? And you don't really want that. We all get bamboozled by conflicting advice. There's so much expertise <coughs> in the world. But if you could give people three main tips to remember oh. when they get their new puppy, what are the three key things to do? Put me on the spot there, Roman. No, um, sorry. So, uh, sorry. Okay. Um, 
<clears throat> it's quite good because I've got a puppy, so I, I can I can think of something. So the first one is be patient, mm. right? They're puppies, they're young, they're going to make mistakes, um, and let them make mistakes because then you can give them an alternative. Um, number two, um, toilet training does not happen overnight. It can take weeks. And in fact, you are toilet training yourself, not the puppy. <laughs> um, if you want to read our, our latest blog my wife's put out about toilet training, she is now fully toilet trained and she's very proud of it. You are the one that's getting up in the morning all the time to, to take the puppies out. So you toilet train yourself. And number three, don't rush. Don't rush to um, train the sits and downs and the paw shakes and all those kind of things. Get the three basic things. Toilet training, bite inhibition and socialization first and then the rest just comes really easily. So the key word that overrides all of that sounds like patience, just having the so, patience. Yeah, yeah. completely, okay. yeah, completely. Okay, uh, I like what you're saying, this is all good news. Alright, we're going to come back soon <laughs> and talk with, um, we're going to grab when we can Carly Flynn. Carly, if you're listening at the moment, then, then make sure your phone is on. We've got John Budge trying to give you a call. John Budge has a brand new puppy and we all love the idea of having a new puppy um, we've spoken about this before. Is it important to do some background work? Look at where you live. Look at the environment. Don't go buying a husky if you live on the 18th floor of an apartment in Christchurch, right? Have yeah, you? it certainly is, isn't it? Because if you think about it, that puppy's going to be as a, um, a member of your family for 10, 12, 13, if it's a Jack Russell, 20 years, if mm. you're lucky. Um, and if it doesn't fit into your lifestyle, you're, you're having a battle all the time for the whole of that 12 years. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got to fit into your lifestyle. It's got to. Okay, Definitely. we'll come back and talk more about puppies. If you've got questions for Darren, you can call 0800 844 747. Fire through a text, if you like, to 3920. All right, um, I know that dogs actually need a heck of a lot of sleep. They're a bit like cats, aren't they, really, Darren? Yeah, our puppies sleep, I would say, probably 70% of the day, to be honest. Um, they go through these periodic sort of um, times. So they'll, they'll go, we've got two of them, so they they crazily play together for about five ten minutes and then they're shattered and then they sleep mm. generally speaking and and then when they wake up we go and take them out to the loo and then they come back and they play crazily for another 10 minutes and then they sleep again and if they don't have that sleep they never um they never really grow properly i guess because they never get that downtime and i think the downtime for a puppy is more important than the uptime going crazy mm. so so we have this um puppy bedroom we call it um some people call it a crate and a pen but we call it a puppy bedroom because that's where the puppies go to sleep and live yeah yeah so we put them in there and they have their crazy times in there but they have their safe area to play and also then i can get on with all the other stuff that i'm doing marketing all that kind of stuff mm. um, and i don't have little puppies chewing at my ankles and that's sort of thing they just they just have their lovely safe downtime what really are the problems important. though darren when you live in a big family where say you've got five <coughs> or six people in the family and they all want to turn it running the dog is it important to be wary of overdoing it Man, um consistency is the most important um on, on that note about kids um probably a good thing to mention about kids there i don't in, entrust my dog training to my children mm. i don't have children so i don't have to but um if i had young children under the age of maybe nine or ten i wouldn't give them the job to train my dog my puppy and i see that a lot too often unfortunately people buy a puppy for their kids mm. but you know the kids are just puppies themselves really and and they're not consistent and it's really hard to train a child to do the right thing mm -hmm. because they just want to cuddle them and give them treats and that kind of thing and quite rightly so. So so what I do is I make sure that the, the biting ambition, so the biting is the worst bit once your child gets bitten they don't like your dog. So the biting is the stuff I do 
and then the children can sort of just enjoy the dog when they've got through that phase. Mm, okay. Happy to take your calls on 0800 844 747 to have a chat, get some expert advice from Mindfulness for Dogs owner Darren Rowe. Tia, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, yeah. Good morning, Tia. Good morning. I'm just giving you a call. I have a um, nine-month-old male puppy, um, beautiful um, blue-nosed cross. My question today is he destroys everything. Um, when we leave him at home by himself, <clears throat> which is never happening anymore because um, <laughs> everything just gets chewed. When we take him in the car, if we uh, have to run into the shop for five minutes, a whole interior gets ripped to, ripped to shreds. Well, we don't dog. know. How, I don't know how to stop this. I don't know why he does it, um, but he just refuses to be alone without yeah. destroying things. <laughs> so, so, how old is he? He's nine months. Nine months. Sorry, I missed that. Um, <clears throat> was he was he left very much when he was younger, or was he pretty much no, all the time? No, he's been um, incredibly loved by everyone here. So, mm-hmm. I think he. He first started to go and hide under the bed when he was left here by himself, and we thought right. maybe he was a bit scared or um, yeah. etc. But um, it's just consistent, and it's yeah. like the whole interior of, of cars, it's um, breathing machines at home. It's, it's very serious things. He just well, does yeah. not stop. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I think there's a, there's definitely a management issue here. So we need okay. to um, provide an area for him that is safe because if he goes and starts chewing up electric cables and things, he's going to have a very different um, response. So I would certainly right. find I would certainly have an area where I put him, and it might be buying a, a sort of kenneled area, not not only sort of small kennels with a run attached, a proper sort of decent run. Um, so mm-hmm. he's got freedom to run around, and at least then you know he's safe that's that side but um the other side is that we've, we've got a quite a strong separation anxiety here and and what okay. i would probably um there's lots of things like toys and things like that to put down but i would probably enlist a dog trainer in your area to, to okay. help you through that because it's quite a complex process and, and okay, you're living right. with a fear base and, and and he's just scared really yep oh right okay is it is it the fear of us not coming back or is it yeah um, so, yeah, sometimes it could be the fear of him not coming back, but it might just be the anxiety building up, and that's why they chew to calm down. Mm. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thank you very much for that. Hey, thanks, Tia. Yep. Nice to get your call. Hey, by the way, um, you. <clears throat> you're welcome. Um, I knew a guy years ago, and this is a, a terribly funny story, but not funny for him. He had a brand-new puppy. He took it to work all the time, and the one day he left it in the car a bit too long. He came back, and the interior of this mm. brand-new car was completely shredded. Gear stick, wow. um, everything, vinyl, oh seats, gone. So so when a puppy get or when any dog gets stressed out, they, they chew, because when they chew, it releases all those happy um, hormones, I think endorphins and things like that. So right. it makes they, it gives them a high, and mm. that's why they keep chewing. Mm. Of course, when they come, when they stop chewing, they normally fall asleep afterwards, but when they stop chewing, then they go on that downer. So then they chew even more to get even more <laughs> high, and it's kind of like up and down, up and down. Yeah, oh, so not, not good. <laughs> no, it's not funny, really. This guy, this guy lost his job. He was invited oh. to leave the company. Now, Carly, <laughs> Carly Flynn, who's um, a lovely host here from Weekend Live, she's got a brand new dog called Alfie, and Alfie does a lot of barking, Biting and humping. Can you help? Oh, really? I know. In that order? <laughs> yeah, apparently. What can you do um, there? <clears throat> what kind of dog is he? Do you know? Oh, hang on. John will tell me. What sort of dog is Elfie, John? Oh, we're trying to think. It's a small oh. dog, a puppy. Small dog. A small dog. Don't one know. of those puppies, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so they're typical behaviours, actually. Um, the, the barking, the jumping, would you say? Sorry, what was that? Is that barking and jumping? Yeah, barking, 
biting and biting, humping. Okay. Yeah. Right, so all of those behaviours are very natural to a dog. They don't have to be taught any of those, okay? They're, they're very good at them. Apparently, um, just, just, to, just to correct that, I'm getting lots of voices in my headphones here. <laughs> Her puppy's not doing the humping, but it's being humped by other dogs. Good oh, Lord, okay. It's obviously just far too attractive. I know. <laughs> <clears throat> um, other dogs do that quite a lot to um oh okay i've just been past the photo oh it's a cute dog carly very cute um uh other dogs do that kind of thing um it's a social thing to be honest and and dogs quite like it <laughs> so i wouldn't worry i wouldn't worry about it i'll just ignore it the more you make of it the more it happens but the the, the important ones really the biting ones because that's the one that gets the dog rehomed that's the one that you end up not liking your dog yeah so so with the biting you've actually got to let your dog bite at the beginning they've got to learn to bite softly mm. and if they're never allowed to bite then they never learn how to bite if that makes sense and and the ones that aren't um aren't allowed to bite a little bit at the beginning are always the ones when they get two or three when they they really bite hard. Yeah, but so Darren, what about, you know, when, when you know, everyone thinks it's really cute to have a brand new little puppy chewing on your hand. Oh, look, he's chewing my hand. When do you stop that? When do you say <coughs> it's a no-no? Yeah, so I have a scale of one to five. And at the beginning, when I first get my puppies, I'm letting them chew my hand. And that's a, like a scale five. And it does hurt a little bit. And when it gets to that level five, I, I just literally disengage with the dog. Mm. Um, I'm not being nasty or anything. It's just like, nope, not playing with me if that's going to happen. I won't say that. It's just, it's just not going to happen. I walk away. I maybe count to ten or twenty, then come back and start and put my hand near their mouth again and say, "Have you learned anything?" Mm. And normally, what happens? You find the dog licks your hand, and you go, "Oh, what a good dog! Oh, you're so good!" Oh, and okay. then, of course, there are puppies that they bite you again because <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what they do. So, and then over the space of a couple of weeks, you'll grade that from five to four to three to two to one. And like now, a little star doesn't. You put your hand near his mouth, and he just doesn't want to know about it. Okay. All right. Carly, I hope that helps you and Alfie and and the whole family. 0800 844 747 uh, to have a chat with Darren Rowe. Jackie, what sort of dog have you got? So I've got a four-year-old pug. We rehomed her. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hi, Jackie. And she... Go ahead, Jackie. We've got a problem. See, when we take her out, she doesn't want to go in the day. We end up taking her out in the middle of the night to pee. Mm. Oh right. So so she so she just just for the toilet is this yeah. Yeah, she just goes in the night, never in the day. Oh, okay. Um. So she indoors most of the day. Yeah, she goes throughout the day. And... So 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 sorry, I'm just a bit unsure of the problem. So she'll only go to the toilet at night time. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Ah right. Okay. That's that's strange. Um. Does she have access to water and stuff like that during the day? Or does she just not drink at all? She drinks throughout the day. So she's yep, got all food throughout the day. Yep. And is she is she kept inside all day? We no, because we we take her inside and then out again. So we sort of playing inside and outside. Okay, but she just won't go toilet outside. Yeah. That's a very strange one. Um, some dogs have amazing bladder control, but I would imagine at four. You would expect them to go to the toilet during the day if they're drinking. Um, a couple of things there. It might be the pressure you're putting on your dog to go to the toilet if you're standing over them, looking at them and waiting for them to happen. But probably what I might do is I might actually get a checked out with the vet just to make sure there's no sort of internal issues there. I'm guessing there's not because she can go to the loo at night time. Dogs, dogs do uh, are quite habitual. So she may have just learned that if she was if she was kept indoors during the day by herself and wasn't able to go to the toilet, she may just learn that I just don't do that.
Mm. Um, it's a strange one, that one, actually. Now I have to admit. It is I a strange. About that one. It's strange too, though. But <clears throat> just remember that I think Darren and, and I'm not an expert like you, but we often want dogs to be like us and behave like mm. humans. They're a dog, right? You know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, yeah. let's squeeze in Jacqueline if we can. Mm. G'day, Jacqueline. How are you? Or is it Barbara? Hi, Barbara. Mm, we're not. Sure. Hello, Barbara. Yeah, I wonder if you can help me. I've got a problem with a dog that gets very excited when we have guests and yep. just won't stop barking. Just barking. What kind of dog is it? It's a rough collie. Rough collie. Oh, <clears throat> don't see many rough collies nowadays. It's nice to hear there's some out there still. Um, rough collies. Oh, uh, when it's barking, is it barking because it's scared or is it barking because it's just really excited? It's barking because it's excited. Yeah. So, so rough collies. If you think about what a rough collie is, a collie is a working dog, isn't it? So, so um, it's giving itself a job to bark at the person. It's, it's only saying hello. That's all it's doing. It's nothing sort of like to worry about. But what you can do is you can redirect that energy into something more appropriate. And does he play with toys? Yes, it does. Yeah, so what yeah. I would do is I would get your friends around and, and set this up so it's you know it's not just ad hoc. Um, set it up so that um, your friends come in, he starts to bark, and then you give him a toy, and you reassociate someone new coming in with playing with a toy, and then you can say, go get the toy, and he'll go and do that as a job. Collies just want to find a job. They don't care what it is. As long as they get a job, they'll, they'll be happy doing it. Happy working dogs. Leah yeah. Parnipa has two, and hers um, keep her very busy. Now, mm. here's a text that just says, Roman, I had a dog who pooed anywhere on the lawn. The solution was to growl at him after the event with a spade Ooh. in hand and take the mess and place it where I wanted him to poo. He got the idea, no problem. Does that work, do you reckon? Sounds like it does. Uh, well, clearly it did for that dog, mm. but um, I'm, I'm roll it back a little bit. Um, I doubt that dog was probably pooing because it was scared to. Um, yeah, you, you don't want to put any pressure on a natural behaviour. So pooing and peeing is a natural behaviour for dogs. And the ones that don't pee and poo are, are on, you know, on the right places are the ones where we sit there and we stare at them and we say, oh, I know if they don't do it. You never growl at a dog for peeing and pooing. That's an awful thing to do, isn't it, really? Okay. It's quite a natural thing. So, yeah, I wouldn't do that. All right. Lots of things to get right, especially if you have the chance with a brand new puppy, but it's never too late to teach your dog old or new, new tricks. And Darren Rowe can help. Darren, how do people find you? So you can find me all over social media now. So um, just search out Mindfulness for Dogs, or if you can't remember that, M for Dogs, .co.com, whatever, really. (laughs) Or just search for my name. You'll find me there as well. Hey, Darren, (laughs) thank you so much for giving us your time today. Much appreciated. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.